Welcome back to Read the Room. Uh, this episode is going to be with my guy, Russ Green. Um, Russ has been doing pretty good. I'm noticing a lot of pictures. Check his social media, russjokes at gmail. Um, check his social media, russjokes. It's not russjokes at gmail. Russjokes on IG. Um, I've been doing okay, too. I've just kind of been chilling, doing a lot of uh, work from home doing some uh, actually there's Russ right there so let me go ahead and let him in yo 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 what's good bro what's going on with it man how you doing man I'm exhausted yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a short one then <laughs> no 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 I'm good yo I just I saw a lady last night so who I'm drained, I'm drained. <laughs> oh yeah they catch up <laughs> it's not the same dude it's <laughs> You know, it's wild out here, man. You go from, you know, living a normal life and then being quarantined and you start making shrewd decisions about how you use your time, man. Yeah. I'm over here trying to be zen and shit, but the body wants what it wants, as they say, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's good so, with you? I see you got your uh, playoffs beard in full effect. Can't hear you. Oh shit, I don't know what that is. Huh. It's not it's not me, I don't think. I can hear you on this ear, but I can't hear you over here. I'm wondering why. You gotta stop using that cheap shit, man. I know. I might just have to maybe I'll just take this out. How about that? Should I be in space this time? No, nah, I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it plugged in, but I don't know why I can't hear microphone. I sound clear. Man, you got to get on this golf, dog. Me and Sean got a regular Thursday game going. Sean Joyce? Yeah. What? Legit. We've been going like four weeks in a row now, dog. Damn. Thursdays are bad for me, though. Ah, uh, well. We'll come out another day, dog. We'll switch it up. I don't really like being outside in the, in the <laughs> I'm not going to bullshit you. This it's is, like I, got, uh, I got 10 toes and <laughs> I need all impressive. of them. <laughs> That's probably why you're losing all that weight because you're out in the heat. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm not even, I don't have any weight to lose. I've been gaining weight, dog. Have you really? On these, uh, on these dumbbells, bro. Oh, muscle then. Yeah, dog. I'm trying to get you know, my whole goal was to have abs, yo. I was telling niggas like two years ago, once I get these abs, you're never you're never gonna see the end of me on IG. <laughs> sugar. Niggas, niggas didn't believe me, dog. Cut that so, cut that sugar. That's all you gotta do. Nah, fuck that. I I'm did it. I did it for a little bit. What, cut sugar? Yeah. No sugar, no drinks, no sodas, no desserts, nothing. For about what does that mean like no fruit though? Sugar is in like everything. Yeah, exactly. But and bread fruit, turns into sugar in your blood anyway. Turns into insulin no bread. in your blood. So no joy. <laughs> Pretty much. Dog, I was eating just straight up raw vegetables. Straight up um, carrots, cucumbers. This was my breakfast, lunch, and at dinner I would have like salmon and broccoli. This is when you kind of recover or whatever? No, I was just um, 
damn, I was just trying to be healthier. Like, was, was inspired it? by some white woman who was like, Tim, what you need to do is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Hell no. I, was, I wanted to be healthier myself. I wanted the six pack. That's what it is. You know, you know, like, you know, when you see some six packs and you go, you one cupcake away, dog. <laughs> some, some six packs you go like, that's motivation right there. Like, you can see the indents right. in the, in the, and you go, that's what I want right there. No, I want the, I want the E-Honda six-pack. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> These muscles are there, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting down this cheeseburger, dog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you, you know the potential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see the vision, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see the vision, yeah. I want, I want a visional six-pack. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want an overachieved six pack. Legit, dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here for that. Like, you know, it's funny. Americans will not get healthy for any other reason besides vanity. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Yeah. But it's. But I feel like this is the healthiest I've been since I was in my 20s, dog. And I think it has mm. to do with like, I'm trying to stay mentally and emotionally balanced, so I wake up and roll out of bed and immediately work out. Right. And like when I'm sitting in bed, I'll do my gratitude, you know, journal or whatever. And then after I work out, I'll meditate. And then the whole process is like I'm at home cooking the majority of my meals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like I'm not eating out. I'm not drinking. So it's like it's just a whole like, I guess, I don't know if holistic is the word, but it's a whole like, just something about being in the house for four months has really helped me dramatically, Doug. I was talking to somebody, talking to Sean about like not, not going to the club and drinking on like half burger Wednesdays and then drinking coffee like a maniac and Friday nights, yep. you know what I'm saying? Saturday nights to do the book showcases and shit. Like this is just, I know I was not healthy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I was, I was talking to Ty Davis about it. Oh, okay. She was like, I, I don't miss that shit at all. And I was like, I don't, I don't blame you, y'all. Honestly, though, I don't, I don't, I, I still don't miss it that much. And I got a couple of live shows coming up, but flex, flex, even that. Tell them where you are, Tim. Oh, one of them is kind of a like a, a local show. Um, yeah, yeah. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow's the twenty fourth. So they'll. I think when this comes out, they'll they'll miss it. I mean, you're uh, good with it because you know you're always. As, as the podcast is called reading the room you stay present you're responding to the audience how does that change it up with with the live audience like what does that look like i don't know i gotta i gotta figure it out the um i've done a couple of online shows and yeah have you done any yet Nah, i've been doing strictly no. podcasts how does that feel i love like, it i feel like i know i it's, feel like it's the universe conspiring because niggas have been telling me to do a podcast. The first nigga that approached me to do a podcast was Dylan, actually. Uh, and I felt like it would be honoring him to do something. You know what I'm saying? Wait, no. Do I'm like Dom. <laughs> do like Dom and make Andy do most of the work and then you, you name it after yourself. <laughs> Hilarious. Pretty bitch. <laughs> no, you Fuck gotta him. do it, dog. Fat Thor. <laughs> shout out Dom Rivera. What's that? <laughs> Say shout what? out to Fat Thor. 
Yeah, shout out to no, Fat Thor. You got to do it, dog. You know, I'm black-owned everything, so you got to do it. You got the audio skills. You got the recording skills. I mean, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff. I'm trying to do everything. So I'm just Big. growing as, as, at my own pace. That's um, love, dude. But we need another voice out there, an educated voice. Why am I always shit? Why am I always classified as the clever one, dog? Why can't I just be a nigga too? Sometimes I want to be ignorant, you know what I'm saying? That's I think that might be the problem with being so educated and so intelligent. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can I can go back and forth. If I get right. too smart, people go, Tim read a book. Right? But if I get ignorant, <laughs> then people go like that, okay, that's the Tim that we know. That's so the nigga we know. You're kind of stuck. Yeah, I feel it's it's funny. Um I've come to embrace my nerddom, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like this is finally the generation that appreciates nerddom or whatever. Dog, but now I'm especially. Like, I'm, now I'm like the old lion, though. <laughs> I'm saying like... <laughs> oh, yeah. You're kind of in the middle of that blurred... Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it? Movement. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Steve Urkel was the pre preeminent blurred. Like, he put us on the international stage first national he had, and international stage. he had to switch though well he had to keep the show going so he created the cool alter ego through right. science <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's the funny part about St stefan or cal right <laughs> that nigga was made in a test tube man right <laughs> or was it a machine no he hopped in a machine he hopped in the machine in the later in the later seasons he he had clones himself Right. And then make Stefan Urkel for like Maya Middleton or whatever the fuck. And, no, Stefan Urkel's for Laura, and then he's for like Maya or whatever. <laughs> Something. Oh my thing. god! Some dog. Can you imagine being on one show, just supposed to be as on one show, and then they keep your ass for the whole season, like every Nigga, episode? What do you What do you mean? Can I imagine? That's every comedian's dream. Dog. <laughs> like, can you you do one show? You do one set and then they just put you on the map. <laughs> but that's every comedian's that, dream. <laughs> but after that show, you don't do nothing else. And they ain't got nothing else. Forever. <laughs> so that show, they showcased his like every one of his talents. Like they he really could ball, did. he could ball, he could dance, and <laughs> every there was an episode for Jaleel White's talents. Like one episode, he played the piano. It was like just all kind of, every, every episode was like, let's showcase uh, <laughs> Jaleel's sign <laughs> language like, ability or something. Like, fuck the rest of you actors here. Yeah. <laughs> That's why what's they want more. What's Carl Winslow's real name there? That nigga's like a thespian there, like, like fuck Reginald you, Bell Johnson? Yeah. You're Steve Urkel's comic relief. You're only going to be a punching bag <laughs> to do slapstick comedy from here on. <laughs> that dude, and that dude has been a cop his whole career. Yo, Hollywood is mean to black people, dog. Real mean. Be. Yeah. Like, the, the idea that there's, there can be only one, that's the first thing that I can't stand. Right. The tokenization. And just the, like, like for someone like, like Jaleel White, that nigga's been a producer for years, dog. Just his shit yeah. doesn't, it doesn't get any shine, yeah. No. <laughs> I want to be like, I think it was Haywood. He was like, yo, you're like DC's Robert Townsend. You know what I'm saying? We want to see you, you know, blow it up for all of us. 
I feel like he has the best model, but his was all hustle. He's like the the Hollywood version of like Nipsey Hustle, yo. Right. But you know, for me, it's like this whole generation's about like clout. Yeah. I think what I think, and we've talked about this. I think what we struggle with, you know, what I'm saying the, the forty bros is like we want to put that quality out there as opposed to the content. But this generation is all about content. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if you put out 40, 40 videos in one year, two of them, two of them pop, that's all you need. That's all you, you need. A, right. Like a body of work behind you or whatever. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be open-minded to that kind of philosophy about it, but I don't be putting out my drafts, dog. <laughs> you know what though? I put out my drafts, but on, but you got to pay for it. Like all of my drafts are on Patreon right now. Yeah. And I, I like that. I haven't like advertised them much. I got um, two sets that I think would be killer for what's currently happening. Like I did I a, a headlined, a headline. Well, I didn't like the first 15 minutes of my headliner set. Cause it just comes off very, very angry. But I feel like now is an angry time. Uh huh. And I feel like people would benefit. Put it's it basically like an immediate response, well, three months in more so, to the Trump election. Like, that's when I recorded it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would be, some of the shit is dated. I think I talk about, like, hidden figures in there or some shit, but I, th- I think it's still relevant. Right. But I don't know if what we need now is more, even though the anger is righteous, I don't know if we need more anger right now. I feel like we need more mm-hmm. mobilization and solidarity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially from to, comics. Well, the problem is, is that comics have always, well, I guess as of late, have become the truth bearers. So we're more journalistic than like actual journalists. You know what I'm saying like like anchors and correspondents and shit. Like they're com- they're comedians now, and now we're the fucking truth bearers. The shit is a lot. Dog. I think journalists now. I was thinking of this the other day. They've become. Like, uh, like they have to figure out, they can't just do an interview no. and ask questions. Hell no. They have to ask questions for information and then they have to be gossipy, like figure out some shit that people, like some petty shit that people want to know. That's exactly right. They want to provoke the sound bites and shit. Right. So that's a fine, that's, I, I, when I think about it like that, like that would be hard to do. If you went to journalism school or went to school for journalism and you know understand broadcasting then you got yeah. this whole new movement come in that's like soundbite and clickbait then they go like whoa i mean i want to know how this person lives no 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 who are they fucking like that's what we that's what people want to know who are they fucking well i'm gonna tell you what it was it was the it was fox news's impact on media True. You know, Fox News made it entertainment. And then CNN was like, yo, we need some numbers too. Right. And then once CNN bit, then MSNBC was like, well, look, we can't just be, you know, democracy now. We need to we gotta compete. <laughs> you got to compete. All these, all this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> fuck facts. <laughs> Who gives a fuck about justice, right? Dog. Fox News was killing them because that's the only place that conservatives could go for news or the news that they wanted to hear and it's really sad so uh, yeah it's but 
the rest of them were split. It was MSNBC, CNN, HLN, all like quote unquote leftists. But like, didn't conservatives watch like 2020 and Walter Cronkite and shit? And probably. They, so probably. wouldn't they stop? Oh, you know what it was? It was the the black and brownification of America. So they stopped yep. seeing old white men tell them the truth. Yep. And so they didn't trust it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. There's a little Damn, bit of bro. racism ingrained in that. I mean, it's look at Fox News. Everything. Yeah. It's racism and everything, dog. Yeah. This is, I mean, white supremacist nation. I mean, it's, you're not getting away from it. It's all, it's baked in. It's like yeah. you put America, you put white supremacy in a slow cooker for 400 years and now, now it's just right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just right wait till they get this stew <laughs> <laughs> chef chef boyard trump and shit is chef, serving yep. straight out of the slow cooker dog got his, his kkk <laughs> crock pot <laughs> so i have my feelings about november as a somebody that's on twitter a lot like i still can't figure out twitter like i'm kind of getting uh, i'm understanding trending stuff and i'm trying to look up stuff on twitter like be more on it but Maybe as a person that's been on it Sarome is mastered twitter dog hmm. that nigga gets it that nigga gets he he told me some g shit he was like twitter is all about the interaction Right. You have to you have to tweet during rush hour when people are most active. Right. And you have to respond to people commenting. Right. That's the only way you're gonna trend. And I was like, dog, I don't have the attention span for that shit. Yeah, it and takes he was a like, lot of bruh. He was like, bruh, you're on Facebook with these threads, you know, same shit. Yeah. So Rome's a G with it, dog. But go ahead, I'm sorry, man. No, you're I was just Twitter. gonna ask, like, what do you think of what do you think is going to happen in November? I think 60 million people are going to vote for Trump regardless. And I think the yeah. Democratic Party and the Independent Party need to fucking get it, their shit together and recognize that old white men are not the, you know, soup du jour. And if you're going to put up an old white man, then he better have his shit together. And Biden, unfortunately, is not electrifying. You know right. what I'm saying? And so the issue is Biden has got his hands tied because he's going to have to have a black woman as a VP. And he has to pick the right black woman, a premier yeah. black woman that white people will trust on site and has yeah. name recognition. And for Biden, that's really... Kamala. You know, I'm team Kamala. I still got my bumper sticker on there. But the problem is with Kamala is that she's representative of effectively the Department of Justice. You know, I mean, not Department of Justice, but she's a state's attorney. So she's like the top cop. You know what I'm saying? Right. And what, what white people have have demonstrated is that even though the justice system is set up to punish black and brown people, if there's a black and brown face as the spokesmodel, then they are the ones that get punished. Mm. So for me, it's like, if you look at um, Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore, She's a phenomenal state's attorney. She's beautiful. She's married. She's like got all the appeals of a political candidate. Um, but they destroyed her husband, Nick Mosby, mm. for his mayoral run. And they blame her largely 
for what happened with Freddie Gray and the response to the uprising. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, that's all fucking Larry Hogan, who looks like a fucking national superhero now for saying, you know, Trump should have said, shouldn't have said that. And I disagree. <laughs> you know what I'm like, like, it's again, <laughs> black people have to be perfect. Black and brown people have to be perfect. And then they also have to be scapegoated. Meanwhile, white people can legitimately be publicly fucking racist <laughs> and sexist. <Yeah. laughs> can lollygag on like the, social issues. Like your boy, <laughs> your boy smooth walked us into like fascism so casually. Yeah. Nicks didn't even see it. Like, like with the, I knew what it was going to be with the Muslim ban from the outset. Mm-hmm. If not solely based on like how white people responded, and now this nigga's got federal troops arresting protesters, like uh, like an unmarked cars and shit. No insignia. No nothing. insignia. No names, dog. That's just rolling up. That's like in Who the Nazis. What they had the secret police or whatever. It's the same shit. Right. Yeah. And the news is complicit because they're not even showing the protest on like on air anymore. And nope. You know, white people have like the attention span of like, fucking finding Dory and shit. So, dog, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen people post like, I know that your nude feed has gone back to to normal, and so look, pay attention. Like, it's this shit is still happening. So, <clears throat> you got to remember that white people <laughs> prioritize their comfort over everything else, dog. Yeah. Wouldn't you though? I I would like to feel that as a white person, particularly at, like if I was still a man, that I would have some kind of conscience and be quote unquote one of the good ones, you know, and use my privilege to help people. But I also understand how long it took me to recognize my privilege as a man right. and recognizing where I was to- toxic and harmful to other people in that space. Were we talking so, about that? Um... I mean, ahead, I'm always talking you about it. I'm always talking about it now, bro. Because I mean, I just, I feel like the. I was talking to Sean about this last week on the uh, when we were playing golf. I was because we were talking about Nick Cannon. <laughs> That's just and funny I, to hear. My bad. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Sean were golfing, and um, we we're talking what, about because Sean is so Nick unathletic. Right? <laughs> Sean just go. Sean wants to get away from that baby. That's what's going on with Sean. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a fact. I mean, can you blame a dog, a four-month-old dude? Ooh. A four-month-old is, that is, you're working, dog. How old is That's he? He's in his 30s, right? Sean? Yeah. I think he should be 40 this year. You might have to cut his name out of this. Yeah, he doesn't, uh, he's not a very public guy. No. I mean, I was 36 when my daughter, how old am I now? She's six. I was 36. Um, yeah. But... The mentality of, of having a, a kid, not to, I mean, I know this is a, a, a tangent, but, whew. Nigga, who are you talking, listen, man. So, I know you got four of them, I can't. Well, can't the imagine. thing is, like, every woman I meet now is on some, like, I want to get married and have babies. Yes. And I'm like, well, you should go do that. Right. But while, while we're entertaining each other, please note that I've already I'm done that. I'm all set. Right, like I'm, I'm, I, I pushed all in with, you know what I'm saying, with their mother, you know what I'm saying, and I'm not going back, dog. Like I, I mean, hey, I cashed out after that, after that oh. hand, you know what I'm saying. Like for so me, it's sad. like, 
it's not even sad. It's just like I feel like the way to honor her and the children is to be the best possible parent and right. you know co-parent. You know what I mean? And so for me, it's like I know I don't have the attention span for an infant. I don't have I don't have the patience for for potty training. I don't no. have the <laughs> emotional wherewithal for sleep training. I don't have the, uh, this, this whole idea of sitting down in your predominant waking time, dog, you know, to yeah. cuddle and hold and like, I just, I don't have it, dog. <laughs> I just don't. Dog, I think, I think about this, right? So we're just talking about um, male, uh, like our, our privilege and Just. our like fr fragility a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So imagine the entitlement of it. <laughs> a new woman, right. The entitlement, but also like you have the knowledge, right? right. You have a new one with a new girl, right. just hypothetically. And you're trying to tell her like, look, I know you spend hours in labor trying to push this out. <laughs> But listen to how I did the other four. Let me mansplain this to you. Do you, you think, exactly. Do you think <laughs> that she will be able to go, well, I'm not going to listen to you, dog. <laughs> you know how when white people try to- You did to nothing you, in that room. <laughs> you know how when white people try to put you on game for like yeah. something business or money oriented and you're like, I mean, it, it sounds legit, but you're still a white man and I, yeah. I can't trust you. That's yeah, exactly what, what are you up like. to? <laughs> It sounds, it sounds like some good, you know, you should get a house when you're in your 20s. So right. that way, when you're in your 30s and 40s, it sounds like some bullshit from you, Craig. Dude, one of my boys, when I was like first at Accenture, when I was like 23, motherfucker was like, look, here's the math. If you want to be a millionaire, you need to get on your Roth IRA game right now and max out your 401k. And I was like, mm, I don't know, Dave. <laughs> that is 100% true though. It sounds like a trap. <laughs> Dog, I'm glad I, I listened, didn't though. start diversifying until 5 6 years ago. Ouch. I just like everything was in one place. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you look at a pie chart, they show you the pie chart on your right. it was the same color. <laughs> You like I can I can do this one thing really well. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I got a lot of money in there. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's going up and down. Cuz you know what? I don't know what it is, but no matter how much money you have in the bank as a black person, you always check the account balance like something's just going you will wake up one day and that shit is going to be gone for some reason, dog. Yeah. I don't know if it's like my Nigerian ancestry cuz that's like legitimately what happened to them in like the 60s, <laughs> but but I feel like <laughs> Legit, dog. The British just came in, started the Civil War, and then just took all the money out the bank overnight. Yeah. That's why Nigerians are so shrewd about their money game now, dog. They know that that shit, is, that shit could be gone in an instant, dog. Dog, did you see that thing about Haitians? How what? the French, oh, the after French, they ended they slavery? The over, dog. So the niggas are still paying fucking reparations for slavery dog they're paying they're paying for themselves being free they're paying <laughs> france dog 
Can the you white man, man? That white man is in his bag with white supremacy, dog. Yo, <laughs> we we kind of got it good. <laughs> they could be charging us for our freedom. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can dance, man. but you, you got your taxes. You got your nigga tax. <laughs> I don't know, dog. You know, all the ancestors Jeez. say, and all the forebears say, you know, until all of us are free, none of us are free. So I'm a, you know, you know, I was raised Pan-African, bro. So for me, wherever black people are suffering, we're suffering. If they can do it there, they'll do it here. You know what I'm saying? And I've done it everywhere. Like, and the thing is, that's what's so amazing to me about the response to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor is how global it went instantly. You know what I'm saying? We're all at home. We're all at home. We're all, yeah, all suffering. Home. We're all black yeah. and brown. We're all being controlled by the state. So it's like, no, nah, mm-hmm. fuck that shit. Right. And this much is mad, though. And they have, it's a righteous anger, though, dog. They should be mad. We should all be mad. Yeah. I'm just we should, definitely. And we're, we always are when it's something like this. But the added uh, help came from people that were, we don't care what you're fighting about. We're going because we're broke and we've been stuck at home. <laughs> They just helping because they ain't got shit else to do. But, but <laughs> they sick of watching Tiger true. King. <laughs> they ain't got shit, <laughs> shit else to watch. <laughs> but that's that's always been true of like grassroots uh, mobilization efforts, dog. Like the foot soldiers are the people who have literally nothing to lose. Right. You know, and and when you think about it as war, that's what mm. fucking you know troops are. You know, frontline troops are. Right. They're the pawns, they're the sacrificial pieces, you know what I'm saying? And it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But if you just look at, I was having this conversation with my golf buddies, man. And this is a strange tangent. But uh, he was like, how come there's no clever black people as comics? And I was like, what you mean? And he was like, well, you're mm-hmm. smart and funny. I'm sure there's other people like you. You know, all I see is like, Chappelle and then you know I want to you know I see a whole bunch of a glut of white people talking about like observational humor and shit and mm-hmm. for me I you know you entertain this conversation for like so long you <laughs> you got your right. talking points out and shit and I was like I was like bro let's let's flip it like this there's a litany of clever black comedians but you right. if I started naming them you would have no idea who these people are no they're predominantly in writers rooms they put together yeah. excellent sitcoms like the Bernie Mac show, yeah. but you will never hear about them. But I was like, here's the math, what I really want you to know. I'm gonna put you on game. How many black women comedians do you think there are? Right. He was, he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, how come, he's like countless. I'm like, how come you can only name Tiffany Hatch? <laughs> like, think about that shit. Dog. Can he like, only name her? Yeah. And then he went to like Whoopi. And I was like, it's a system, right. dog. It's a fucking system, son. Whoopi Goldberg? Exactly. My point exactly. Whoopi's, Whoopi's last special was on a 89. Right. <laughs> no, it was in 90s, I think. It was after I did stand-up. It wasn't bad, but it was like her oh, the one, one she said, one she person goes, nigga, you a bat? I think I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. I her, mean, she was older. Whoopi's still a G, though, dog. Definitely. She's like Carlin to me. Like niggas are never gonna be able to understand how talented she is. No. She's the isn't she a egot? I think she's an egot. Is she? I'm she pretty probably sure. probably got Tony's for that thing, for that 
the one person show that she did years ago. I mean, she does a lot of voice acting. I'm sure I'm I'm pretty damn sure she's an egot. I mean, fucking John Legend's an egot, dog. Of I course, Whoopi. <laughs> I know, right? I wonder how many black egots are there. Two. I just we just named them. Those two. <laughs> <laughs> are there any? It's probably a lot of. You know, Chappelle's never going to win an Oscar, dog. Even so though uh, Chappelle's not going to win an Oscar, but but Bradley Cooper tried to give him the oop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> what in a uh, what's yeah. that movie? A Star is Born. That shit was so sad, and it was not the time. Like when that I shit came out, Nicks were telling me to see it. I was like, "This is not the time for me to watch some shit like this." Cause my dad's when my dad was in the hospital and shit. Oh no, nigga! I watched that shit. I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with y'all, man?" Yeah, yeah. You know, brother, you really want to cry? Watch yeah, right. this shit. <laughs> Do you want to get as close to the edge as possible? <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> Dog. Okay. Maybe maybe a new segment. But right. what has made you? I mean, I guess not too sad, but what has made you cry recently or tear up a little bit? My baby turned 13 last week. Okay. Um, we've been on such a journey, you know, Keila and I, to to raise her. You know, she's on the spectrum, and yep. she finally got placed into the right school. And she's, son, she's demonstrated so much resilience and, like, just courage and bravery dog and just like and is always happy go lucky no matter what she like literally is mm-hmm. our star child and despite the fact that you know we're going through a separation and all that kind of stuff like living in two separate households you know we really go all in when it comes to supporting her and being the best possible custodians and so um you know just thinking about you know her as an infant and her as like a toddler mm-hmm. and to see where she is now as a, as a young lady that really moved me to tears, yo. Like, like yeah. I woke up, like, I woke up and texted Keela right away, and I was like, yo, we got it. We really have a teenager. Mm. Like, we really have been at this for fucking 13 years. And like, she she has a cell phone. She's making ratchet TikTok videos. Like, like this is, this is our baby. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that, man. <clears throat> Dog, get, get ready, nigga. Get ready. <laughs> did, so were you by yourself, or did people see you? Oh, last time I cried publicly? No, no, no. When you when you cried, um, yeah, I was by myself. I was just in my place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In that last time I cried publicly was probably my dad's funeral last year. Like I just my face my face broke. You know, I'm I'm a man outside the house, but inside the house, I'm a straight bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you crying all the time? Then it's nothing new. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, when I first started treatment like in marriage counseling uh, was in 2016, like September, right? And effectively have been in treatment since then. I I started personal therapy that next year and I've been in, you know, with my therapist since then. Um, So that's like four years of work. And when you first start, they basically like a pulling back a scab from old wounds. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you know, you pick a scab and it starts to bleed. That's how your emotions are. They've been buried for so long. So at that point in my, like that's what I call phase one therapy, you're just emotionally raw, dog. Like the wind could change direction. I could watch a sappy commercial. Like anything would bring me to tears, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you start to build your emotional fortitude and start to like, you know, balance and shit. But I mean, I would, at one point I was watching like Toy Story 3, nigga. And when they, seen where they hold hands before they go in the incinerator, I was just a, a fucking mess, dog. 
Dog. My kid's like, Daddy, what's wrong? I was like, it's so sad. <laughs> so I either get two things watching Disney movies with my daughter. I either right. go to sleep immediately. Right, right. Or I'm crying at the end. <laughs> Sometimes I'll go to sleep at the beginning, wake up, see the last part, and cry. Nigga, Pixar like, has perfected the emotional fucking tugging, dog. Like, they just yeah. pull at your heartstrings so instantly, dog. Because mm-hmm. you know how they're so good at it? It's like, you know those little, like, three-minute shorts or seven-minute shorts in the beginning? Yeah. Them shits be like the fucking tra- teaser trailer, the primer, the fluffer, if you will, for the crying yep. and shit, dog. <laughs> yep. You know when you're, you're about to cry and you start making your eyes get bigger? That right at the end, you, my daughter looks up at me like, Daddy, can you give me some water, please? Uh, right, you... <laughs> <laughs> give me a... Some... <clears throat> Dog, we were watching uh, Moana, and that part oh. where she goes, "I am Moana." I'm, oh, I'm like, dog! Ah, <laughs> you are strong and get him. <laughs> you don't need a prince, baby. Right. <laughs> that movie is off the hook. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. Elahe put me on game because I was trying. I said like the top five all time. Uh, Disney movies, and she called me out immediately. She's like, uh, have you seen Moana? <laughs> you know what, uh, what were your top five, other than that? Uh, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Emperor's New Groove is just off the have strength I of polarity. I don't know if I've seen Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is fucking epic. Um, the songs are better, and it's more dramatic. Um, what did I say? Emperor's New Groove is Emperor good for the comedy. Like on the comedy alone, nigga, like the jokes are just. It David is, man. Spade doesn't get a lot of credit, but that nigga's hilarious, dog. Yep. So he was on point. And the dude who plays. Um, Zonk? His, yeah, he's awesome, dog. He's like, I think he's big in Texas City or something. He's, no, that's, no, that's Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Not Dan Aykroyd. No. Dan. What's the nigga? Dan from Roseanne, right? No, it's not. It's that okay. This big is where I, this is where I display the city. my racism, Doug. I have all white people are the same to be like. Okay, <laughs> all right. Let me clear it up for you. All right, John Goodman is in Roseanne. Okay, yes. that's Dan Roseanne. Uh, Cusco is that's no, not Cusco's Dan. David Spade. Cusco's David Spade. No, Who? yeah, Cusco's David Spade. The guy that plays big on Sex and the City. It's Chris yeah. Noth. Damn, you know he's your on, white stuff. I just know actors. He's on, <laughs> because he's also on Law and Order. Okay. Or the season, you know, five through 30 or whatever. Right, right. Um, you but, sure that's not John Goodman in Emperor's New Groove? It sounds like the no, nigga. It's the other guy. So do you remember Seinfeld? Yeah. He's one of Elaine's boyfriends. Like, if you saw his face, you would know him. Okay. He's the bully in the movie with Tim or uh, Tim Tim Allen. When he has a bully when he when he's a, an adult. Sorry, I got lost in you know comedy brain. When you said Elaine's boyfriend, I started cycling through all her boyfriends. 
And I felt like Elaine was so pro ho back in the day. <laughs> I'm saying on Seinfeld, she was. She they was had to give her ho. Say what? <laughs> they had to give her dudes. Dog, she was getting dick. She was getting. She was getting lining her. it up. Yeah, I remember. I remember Seinfeld was. Uh, they were like entertaining the the thought of fucking again, dog. That that mm-hmm. whole sub thread was the bet like Elaine so hot shit. That was my favorite running gag in Seinfeld, dog. <laughs> that everybody on the team wanted to run up in Elaine. <laughs> I everybody mean, everybody in the crew wanted to run up in it, dog. And Seinfeld was, was bad, all definitely like, "Hey, man, I just you know I hit it a long time ago, but you know we're just friends now." Yeah. <laughs> that uh, I mean, she's one of those where you kind of go like, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, Julia Louis. <laughs> I mean, she do got that good uh, 3B hair. You know what I'm saying? She yep. <laughs> natural. I mean, check her on Veep. I love Veep, dog. That's bad good. on Veep. Yeah. She's bad, yeah. <laughs> bad. Yeah, she's bad on Veep. <clears throat> oh, man, you be killing me, dog. No, did you see the picture of um, Martha Stewart thirst trapping? Stop it, Tim. Don't even try to let this joke I got it. Okay. Stop I got to <laughs> Martha right, Stewart, nigga. Dog. Hold up. <laughs> this, is, this is five months of quarantine talking right here, dog. <laughs> ah, look at her old ass neck. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, women. <laughs> I don't mean to do that, but God damn, dog. Oh, hey, Martha's uh, at 78. That's that's a desperate attempt. See, that's five months of quarantine, dog. Everybody's thirsty right now. And she been in prison? Come on, dog. She know it's... <laughs> I'm sleeping on these, uh, hey, on these dimes, dog. Hey, yo, when my <laughs> friend came out of prison, dog, he was show- showing us all these prison tricks. And he put us on to um, prison pussy nigga. <laughs> Where you... paper. You, no, you take a hot towel and you wrap you wrap it up and you roll, I think you roll like tape around it and then you take a latex glove, stick it in the towel, roll it over the side and hold it and then put Vaseline in the, in the glove, dog. I was like, nigga, I never want to be that horny, dog, ever. <laughs> Where I'm a mad scientist about it, dog. Just beat, beating my dick is so old hat to me, I got to get creative with it, dog. <clears throat> Well, that's better than the alternative in prison. Hey, man, is I think prison is just pro um, gender fluidity, not gender fluidity, pro uh, sexual fluidity. Dog, it's like, well, there's no pussy, so I guess we should whoever is the pussiest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they talk oh. about it in these interviews. They they talk about it like it's just, you know. Prison oh, game. you know, we had this one girl or one one dude, but they talk about him like he's a like he's you know a woman, but yeah, but that's the culture, man. Like that's yeah, that's what I was. That's what I like about old school uh, Richard Pryor interviews. How just open he was with his sexuality, dog. He was like, man, he had some of the best booty I ever had, nigga. You know what I'm saying? He'd be like, yo, Rich, yeah, you are just really just living. Would I mean? But wouldn't sexuality kind of be a blurred line for you if you grew up in a a brothel a brothel with your mom and you know see this is the part about it that i think is so problematic 
about Why this, is it? like train of thinking. Right. Because it's like, I feel like people try to qualify that like gay, lesbian, bi, whatever is understandable only if it starts in some traumatic, problematic way. Like if you're exposed no. at like a certain point in your childhood, then it's okay to be gay, but it's not just okay, period. You know what I'm saying? Like it has to be qualified. No. And so for me, it's like, I think for Richard Pryor, it's not, don't, don't I think he would be fluid because of what he was exposed to? I think it's more so like his, you know, he was, he was abusive, dog. you know what I mean? Like Richard Pryor oh, was definitely. abusive, like controlling, like maniacal. And I think that he had an, an unquenched, like he was, had an unquenchable thirst for control. And so for me, it wasn't even about sex for him. It was just about like domination. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, whomever he was with. Hmm. And I think that's the thing that's most like, in as much as you want to like applaud him for being out in public, I still think that he was codependent and used sex just like he used um, drugs or alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Or comedy even. Like when a person is low, they're going to, their, their addiction is going to be their treatment. You know what I'm saying? Like how they self-soothe and self-medicate. And that, and mm. Richard Pryor, mind you, I just finished his fucking autobiography. Mm. Richard, Richard Pryor, <clears throat> he needed everything to right. just get himself up in the morning, dog. Like he, he needed it all. You know what I mean? Right. So when I see him, I, I really just see a tragic, you know, hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, in as much as you can have heroes anymore, you know, like, this generation is all about killing all your idols and heroes, dog. Like, they're killing all of ours. All mine are gone. All of them. Bill Cosby. Cosby. Uh, um, but let's, right quick, I wasn't saying because he grew up in a brothel, mm -hmm. he was gay or he was, what I was saying was he would be open about it because of the community that he was in. Like he was in the Mac. Yeah. Like usually when people are uh, either we they're like closeted. Sexual agency? We talking What's about that? sexual agency or what? Open No, out. just the freedom to talk about it. I just don't think he like had Like around the, the people really, that he really was with like he didn't have and that crew. I don't think that Richard Pryor was a person to keep secrets. Right. I think that he just he he needed to pour out and whoever was right. an audience for him was going to you know receive you know whatever he was pouring out at the moment yeah i'm just i'm just thinking of how homophobic the, how homophobic it is now at the barbershops and at the you know any anytime you play sports or anything like that where it's hyper manly the homophobia yeah, I mean, that's I feel just like this so... is a recurring theme on, on when we talk, which is hilarious. It but, has to be. <laughs> but I think as I think what's happening with black men is a desire to be fully in our personhood. And, you know, people like creatives and artists and people like you and I, we we it's almost comic comical 
to watch people be such so like one dimensional so publicly and so for me it's like you know in group chats that i'm in and shit like that like i'm always the one who's like hey guys but (laughs) you're saying saying? (laughs) and then it's like when we were on chris allen's podcast and he was like nigga you're the most gay straight dude i know and i was like thank you dog thank you very much (laughs) it's hard to be uh it's hard to want um what am i trying to say it's hard to be in a space that's balanced and healthy and to see your see your brothers and kinfolk struggle yeah and for me that's the sentiment that i have in the barbershop or in the black church or where where have you i'm just like look we don't need to be like this no more we don't need to be like this especially because we're fighting also well in the age of the trump administration and fascism and misogyny and islamophobia and xenophobia and white supremacy that's like on display you know what i'm saying hatred you know towards women misogyny all this like violence like you're just like we need everybody we can get on the team exactly and we can't be this infighting is trash like for me i don't want i don't like i'm with Issa ray i want to see i'm rooting for everybody black i want to see all of us win mm-hmm. and i it, i have a really hard time with ex- accepting and even understanding that like black trans people are dying in their 30s dog like that shit is on like this shit is sad dog right so you know for me it's like and i think this is like bringing a full circle where the whole clever brother shit comes back around for me it's like people are expecting for me to be the one to be enlightened right and i think i think what the problem is is they're you know trying to idealize me as well and i'm like look i'm problematic too like we all have shit that's fucked up about us that we have either recovered from healed from or working to atone for i was like i'm no exception don't put me up on a pedestal because i'll take it down myself you know what i'm saying like right that's why i'm always talking about my healing journey about therapy like i want brothers to know that there's an there's an alternative than just being a fucking one-dimensional you know loud mouth in the barbershop you know what i mean yeah that's hard to fight against though if especially in a in the barbershop setting, I think I think maybe we talked about this before. Yeah. But just the the subtle things and yeah. trying to figure out how to approach it. Cause you know it's nothing violent. Like there's no malice. It's just that they think it's funny. Toxic thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, the it's the the, the the curse of like patriarchy is that it's only affirming to other people who are suffering and trying to uh, like hold, like keep that mask on their face. Like if we're all right. play acting as, you know, good patriarchs, then we all have to wear this mask. And for me, it's like the way that we, that, that you can really de- like people have really demonstrated how to get to black men in a way that's effective is black women. Right. Black women have suffered as a result. Like black women are the secret, the keepers of secrets and the ones who suffer in silence. But they've demonstrated that love, kindness, empathy, and compassion that black men really need because black women are truly the ones that will pull us up behind closed doors and give us an earful. And what the barbershop is, this is so, it's so fucking public. 
Yeah. Nobody, like black men do not do well. We don't do well with public shaming at all. Nope. We just cannot handle it, dog. That's where like one of my favorite scenes in like um, Fresh is where the nigga is like crossing the um, OG up on the basketball court and he pulls yeah. the gun out and just blazes him out. I'm like, that's that's testament to black men. Like the ego mm-hmm. is so out front and center. You know, you just can't deal. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't want to Chinese be one of those brothers it. to try to like, remove myself from those spaces. Like, okay, this, these niggas are toxic. I want to center myself in those spaces and be like, yo, I hear you. However, right. you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I kind of feel like for black men, as as a black man, it's no man left behind, dog. We all got to, we all got to, you know, get through this shit. Yeah. I think f- people might be tired too, though. Everybody's like, tired, nigga. We all tired. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's fighting for, you know, equality. Yeah. And then you say, hey, not only your group, but think about them too. Some people are like, I don't care. I can't. I got, I got too much on my plate. I got my kids. I got equality. I got my house payment. I got, you know, I got mortgage. Yeah. So I can't be fighting for, for them, women. And like, so it's a little bit of laziness too. It is laziness, laziness and it's more so entitlement and privilege. Cause it's like, right. You know, there's nothing intersectional about being, being a black man fighting for justice. Cause most black men just want to be the white man. Like right. if like, like and their vision of justice is just them being the, you know, the person in control. And when you're like a black woman, mm. you're like, I, that doesn't work for me. You know, I, I can't put patriarchy second to white supremacy because I'm suffering in both ways. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you think black men want to be in control? Nigga, hip hop demonstrates that. These niggas all wanted to be like these Don Corleone fake G niggas, yo, bosses, flashing the suits, Godfather. Like, get the fuck out of here, nigga. Like, that whole shit, like. It's grandiose. You know, like Zulu Nation was exciting to me for just, or even Wu Tang, because it was so, in a way, counterculture. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like it's more important that we create a religion out of something that we stand firmly in and believe than idolizing these white men with guns, mm. or white men that are legislating. That's the other gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to be no boss like that. Like the, there's this meme that goes around where it shows like a whole bunch of Republicans holding up. Oh, I think, oh, there it is. It shows a whole bunch of Republicans holding up, like, you know, the 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 $100 bills, like a fan. Right. And, like, these like these are the original gangsters, dog. And it's, like, that shit is real, dude. Yeah. That's what yeah. niggas want to be. And for me, it's, 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 uh, I, I don't, I, it just demonstrates how much we're hurting. Mm-hmm. That the only way that we can treat, truly see liberation is to be the, to be the oppressor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like what, you know, when you were a little kid, I don't know if you had this when you were a little kid, but the only reason I wanted to be a little, like a cop as a little kid was to shoot bad guys. That's it. That was the only reason I thought the cops were cool. Because I was like, well, they have the, they have the gun. Yeah. You know, when like the, my favorite superhero when I was a little kid was Incredible Hulk, because he could just beat up everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, we're so one-dimensional because we were not allowed to be emotional and vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. So the like question that I feel like the reason I feel like this keeps coming up is like we talk a lot about our emotional space and our mental health space because we're truly engaged in being more vulnerable, me being more interested in the critique of ourselves and becoming better, if not solely because of our daughters. Right. And I think that that's, you know, a lot of, especially like in the people in the feminist movement, like the clown brothers for that, like, you know, every woman's a daughter, you know, type shit. And I'm like, I get it. But whatever point that you reach awakening, that's a good thing. I mean, I kind of see both sides of it. And it's the same thing between black people and and white people. It's like, this is what it took. Like every single murder, there's more kind of jumping on. And mentally we say, "This this is the one Corey Bell wasn't enough. Like yeah. every single one, you go, this is what it took. So the ones that are on now with George Floyd, you're like, I mean, because you bored now, you want to be. But so I see black women's daughter. point when they say, oh, it took it took a daughter. You didn't hear about um, Anita Hill. That wasn't enough for you to see Legit. that we're being treated terribly. Legit. I think every group has their like um watershed moment. Yeah, but also they're a little bit you're a little bit like too late to the party type tolerance. Shit. Yeah. Like wh- yeah. I mean, what is it gonna take for you to see the the shit that we've been talking about? But it's like Chappelle said in um my favorite one of the new specials, and he's just sitting in the comedy cellar, like everything's funny. It's not comedy cellar, um the comedy store everything's funny until it happens to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the thing is, is like, I told you in part of my like meditation practice now, I'm doing a lot of work on loving kindness and empathy and compassion. And part of the work of being loving and kind and practicing empathy and compassion is saying, you identify someone and you say, just like me, this person, you know, deserves joy, health, wellness, um, hurts, is, has fears, gets angry. And it's the the reality of a lot of what we do as people is we 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 operate out of self interest until it impacts me, it's not real. Yeah, and that's just the reality of it. Like that's I think that's why this George Floyd thing, Breonna Taylor thing is 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 popping is because you know white people are seeing that this also hurts them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and it's sad that they just came to an epiphany that white supremacy sucks for them too. Right. But whatever, again, I, I stand firmly and whatever, at whatever point you reach enlightenment, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, better late than never is still, you know, you're still in the, in it. <laughs> right. Cause every action superhero movie, the, the superhero comes out at the last minute, dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not to make white men, the heroes or black men, the heroes in conquering patriarchy, but I'm just like, Nigga, we still, you know, everybody wants everybody to be on board. <laughs> we need their help. We need the help, nigga. We struggling. <laughs> we struggling. Dog, <laughs> if we do it right, if we get it, then the 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 X generation gets the reparations. Yeah, right? they get to eat. Yeah. We yeah, we get the we get the money and then we can dis- disseminate it out <laughs> to the family. But the other generation couldn't do it. 
Right. Um, the one behind us, they're iffy. They don't seem to be focused enough. Oh, I disagree wholeheartedly, Doug. But we got the we got the, their uh, their primary agenda is nothing is okay. That's their the problem. That's what I mean by focus. No, but it's 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 this, okay. it's a singular focus. Go ahead, because it's I saying, got a joke. I'm calling out everything. <laughs> okay, to that point, right? So, and I was gonna do a joke about this. Actually, we can go back and forth if you got some joke ideas. I was going to do a joke about the Democrats and how we are fighting against two groups. So the Republicans are going against the Democrats. The Democrats are going against the Republicans and the Democrats. Always. Always. So if there isn't a clear focus, right, black people are going to vote for Biden. Not because he's a Democrat, because he's the least worst. <laughs> Always. So, but white people, they're not going to do that because they've had everything in life that they wanted. Not every one of them, and not everything that they wanted, but more so than us. Well, they can always fall back on whiteness. Right. It's so, like the safety net for them. <laughs> it's a safety net. Because, and I've got a question for you right after, because... They want, so they kind of want, their standards are higher. Our standards are not racist as much. Like, don't be okay. racist as much as that. Right? So, Sorry, dude. I got a call came in. Good. Oh, okay. Um, okay, here's a question. All right. What is the top three, your top three biggest fears? Sharks. Number okay. one. Okay. Anything anything happening to harm or impact my babies. Right. Number two. Most fathers, gotcha. And drowning. Drowning. That's number one. I think or drowning, is that in order? I think drowning and so obviously number one is like my babies, because that's the like the only legitimate threat. Yeah. Drowning is just more so of a fear of the just awesome power of the ocean. Right. And how, how overwhelming it is. Like you can yeah. drown in anything. You can drown in emotion. You can drown in like the idea, the concept of drowning, just yeah. being overwhelmed is, is scary as fuck to me. Right. But sharks, their one job is to clean up the ocean. Right. And they're so, and they're like a apex predator. And we look and like no, dirt. There's no um, feeling to them. You know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no, like, this is not a, it's not personal. This is just my job. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's how I look at like police officers, though. <laughs> hey, nigga, I don't, <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> but you're black. I just had to do my job, nigga. That's so their job. You gotta it's go. Police us. Right. Okay. <laughs> Said. So my fears. Yeah. Definitely drowning. Drowning. Something no. happened to, uh, happening to my daughter. Yeah. Um. Going back to slavery. So that means going to prison, basically. A version of slavery, yeah? Something, yeah. something like that. It's weird. I mean, I thought it's, about it the other day, like listening to Agent Orange. I'm like, this dude, every time he comes out to talk, I'm like, 
he's gonna there here it is he's signing the slavery bill like, yeah but the, the the thing that i don't fuck with about that and i just like you know throw any like shade church or fear you know all all fears are, are grounded in something it's completely irrational it's not irrational because it could happen but the the thing is like it kind of feels like you're copping to like we're just gonna go with it on some Kanye West type shit. Like it was a choice for like, oh, well, I guess we're just slaves now. <laughs> of course not. But think about the law now though. Like think about how they use the law against us right now. I mean, this is what I talk to my Jewish friends about all the time. I was like, you can call Jewish a race if you want to, but there's no law, like, but you're still white. And there's no mm-hmm. laws written to restrict white people from doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, I get it that like, you've seen the end result of how propaganda works mm-hmm. but so so have we nigga like mm-hmm. stop let's like the infighting is always the people who are not in a not in a position of you know control and power right like that's what's wrong with the democrats the democrats are so here's what i this is what my kids always call me out on whenever we're watching like a scary movie or like um any cartoon where the the villain character finally gets beat up and instead of like just ending the villain character's life they just move on you know what i'm saying right. like they, they let him live to fight another day whenever yeah. i see a scene like that i'm like this is why the republicans always win yep. <laughs> it's just, they don't finish him they, they just beat him up <laughs> and they let him go now get out of here right. goes, i'll be back <laughs> You won this one, kids, but right, I'll be dog. back. Right. Like, <laughs> and he flies like, away. I'm like, look, there's no transformative justice when dealing with Republicans, dog. They got to they gotta be taken out because, nigga, regardless of what's happening, they vote for the team. Always, dog. All of them. The, the, the leftist Republican, voting Republican. The rightist Republican, voting Republican. <laughs> Or like here's their here's their one shit they do. They're like, I'll sit this election out. That's right. the one thing that they'll do. But they have never, as long as they've had the <laughs> opportunity to vote Republican dog, they they will never vote Democrat. Ever. <laughs> no. No. There that were a lot was, of people that voted for Obama and then voted for Trump. Yeah, but that's change. Yeah. That's all that is. Like it's mm-hmm. the novelty of doing something different. Yeah. And not liking you know, people don't deal well with being balanced. They mm. need some extreme shit. They need to shake it, gets it up. Boring. Yeah, it gets, you know, it's too good this way. Yeah. <laughs> it goes back to the, the conversation about the reporters and how they have to be like, okay, I'm going to ask about his policy. I'm going to ask about, and then I'm going to ask about this controversial shit. Yeah, yeah. Just to stay in the rotation, stay trending. I I haven't watched the news pretty much since 2016. Me either. But when I catch the clips on Twitter or IG or something, I'm always like, this is just so dumb. <laughs> it's just, just so, like, it's like, it's like watching the confession booth in reality television. Right. That's what it feels like. Everybody's so self-righteous. Yeah. Everybody's always the victim. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to call out someone else and be gossipy and messy. Like it's just nat- yeah. it's just gross, dog. Virtue I do signaling. Like seeing, 
self-righteousness. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just, there's so many bad, bad examples of like bad behavior. It's, that's where yeah. the conditioning really comes. I'm working on this theory, dog, that love is unrecognizable. Go ahead. Like, I don't think we have one solid model for a healthy relationship, period. Mm. And this is off the theory of like, that all therapists use it like, we're all relational beings, we have a relationship with ourselves and other people, with animals, with nature, with the higher power, right? I don't think we have one solid model of a healthy relationship, period. And that's why you see like always like people being so enamored with these gurus or like the Dalai Lamas or what have you, or these like soup du jour televangelists because they're always like, oh, this person's so perfect. Yeah. And, when, and the same thing's also true for love. I've been reading a lot of Bell Hooks and she's like, she just, she has such a compassion and empathy for black people and black relationships and black love. Mm-hmm. But the way she talks about it is just aspirational. And so for me, I'm like, I, I, I cannot think outside of like what was the, the fictionalized relationship between Claire and, you know, Cliff of a real solid model, like in reality for love, dog. And I think that's why we all struggle so much. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out like what, why this keeps coming up thematically for me. And I don't, I, I feel like predominantly it's only because like I'm in this single space and like a lot of people are so concerned with me coupling mm-hmm. or, or will Keila and I get back together or will I get married again or you know, da, 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 da. I'm like. A lot, a lot of people like who? Everyone, everyone that I encounter who's, whether it's um, people I'm dating, my friends and family members. Interesting. Um, it doesn't matter. They're all concerned about what I'm going to do. I was thinking it. Yeah, see that? <laughs> <laughs> I was, that was going to be the next question. <laughs> what are you going to so do? So are y'all like? getting back together? Like yeah, right. you, <laughs> <laughs> you call her when you cry, dog. <laughs> hey, dog, I was calling Sean. I was talking to Sean, and he was like, he's like, Russ, you got to get remarried, dog. It's just, it's just the best relationship. And I was just like, dog, no, mm. it's not, yo. Interesting. It's just not, yo. It's, we're, we're it's going a hard on, thing too to explain to people that we'll be going on family vacation in a, in a in a short while, right? And he was like, "Right, was like, uh, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I talk to Rilo, that's the first thing he says. He's like, "Man, y'all gonna get back together?" Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all he knows about you, though. And you I think that's and what your it wife. Is, yeah. yeah, it's like once you become coupled the brain always sees you as a couplet. It doesn't mm-hmm. see you separate and distinct. Like my kids are on me about it, dog, like daddy. This is my 13 year old. She said, daddy, y'all need to figure this shit out by the 28th of this Damn. month. <laughs> my <laughs> birthday. Said, she said, <laughs> I'm tired of this back and forth between the two houses and I don't want it anymore. Yeah. I'm getting really tired of these days. Y'all need to figure your shit out. Damn. And I'm like, damn, baby, I mean, ugh. Can I be happy? <laughs> right. So the love, like, you feel it, but the 
the other part you're questioning the the married part the together like when we think about love now we only think about it in a possessive type of framing that's my husband that's my wife that's my i have someone I they have belong something. to me right. they are my person right. soulmate da 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 and i don't have to i don't have to do the work to find another one exactly that's right. where this like self-centered interest self-interest of it is like i don't have to like basically everybody's <laughs> speaking out of like a fear of abandonment and rejection right right and for me it's like rejection like this is the beauty of being a comedian it's like rejections are part of your life every day you're always a- alone on right. that stage <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah so we have no fear of that shit. especially though. if you're bombing Right, <laughs> you, you are by yourself, dog. <laughs> well, that's what I love about you, though, bro. It's like whenever I'm bombing and you're there, you you laughing lets me know that I'm not alone in it. <laughs> that's why like, I do that. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's like Tim laughs at people. I'm like I'm laughing with you, dummy. Yeah, ain't nobody else laughing at your goofy ass shit. <laughs> it's like I'm the only one that gets what's happening. Right yeah, <laughs> I understand what's happening. I'm finding entertainment in this. Okay. <laughs> For you, mentally, you can take my laughs as your laughs. Right. <laughs> but it's funny to watch people bomb, dog. Dude. It's, it's, it's funny. really funny to watch veterans bomb. Yeah, man. Because you're like, oh, it does happen to all of us. Yeah, it's affirming. It's like, oh. Sometimes yes. it's sad, though. <laughs> sometimes it's sad, dog. It's never sad to me. It's just like, you chose this life. Yeah, but it's certain rooms. I mean, that's why I do like read the room. That's the whole thing is. It's certain shit you can't talk about. But no comedian has that mindset. Every comedian is like, I can say anything I want. Every one of us. All this bullshit about comedy and and you're supposed to say whatever you say, <laughs> dog. That's not how it works, man. Mm. That's not how it works. That's that's the dream of any comedian. The dream of any comedian is to be able to have a topic, go on stage and make that funny. It's Regardless, ego. It's all ego. I can make I anything funny. Can do this, look at right? look at what I'm doing here with this joke, and then you go and you get your ego bruised, and you go fuck this audience. They're sensitive, nigga. You ain't read the room. <laughs> they don't laugh at that shit. <laughs> but also, you don't want to get caught up in what's the word? Um, you don't have to, you don't uh, pander. You don't have to pander Pandering. to him. Yeah, you don't want to get caught pander? up in pandering. Or being a comedy jukebox like Chappelle talks about. You don't have to pander and you don't have to play the hits. Right. But you do have to understand that there are certain topics that people will immediately clam up on. Yeah, but see, here's that my takes, thing. that takes away from any laugh that you think you might get, them clamming up is going to kill that. Right. But see, this is the spirit that I walk in and with. Sometimes that comfort is unreasonable. Like where the audience centers themselves and says, I always have to be comfortable. For me, you have to build the tension and then split their face and crack it. Okay. And it's like, 
when That's the audience we disagree. is predominantly white, when they're not laughing, it's because what I've said is hitting them, dog. <laughs> okay. This that's where we disagree. That's okay. exactly where we disagree, yeah. Because yes, there are audiences that think, oh, there's no way I can laugh at this, at this topic. This right. topic. For sure. But if you can ease them in and not beat them over the head, but just kind of get get what you need a little bit. Like touch on it, but you gotta get out of there. Tim's like, don't be trying to put, live in that. Put shit. a little lube on the tip. Yeah, <laughs> right. put a little lube on it. Get them ready for it, and coach them through it. Coach them through it, <laughs> dog. You can't come in there and just bow. Here you go. <laughs> Judge it, Straight. and Straight they go to it. take it. Ooh, ooh, take it easy, take it easy. And you're going, yeah. Ah. <laughs> you ain't put no lube on it, dog. You got to put love, that tongue on there first, man. You got to give them a little, you got to, you know. Comedy terminology is always like violent and sexual. Dog. Always sexual. Always it's violent. Like, it's like I'm the better. audience is tightening up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are tight. You right. should loosen up. <laughs> Relax. Relax. <laughs> I'm just going to put the tip of this joke in. <laughs> I don't know why uh, that's the case, but. I mean, I don't know. This, I do miss performing. I, and we talked about this, but when I see, uh, oh, nigga, my battery's about to die. I'm like, I got my 10%. Oh, good. When Go uh, finish your point and then we'll close out. It's. When I see people do these live, um, not live shows, but um, Zoom shows, legitimate stand up outside. Yeah. I'm like, that's got to be okay, right? It seems like that's kind of like what we would do at festivals and yeah. big shows, concerts, or whatever. I'm like, that's, that seems okay. It's the after. Sean, Sean it's put the me before on and after. So he said, I never want to be in a position where I have to write an email to explain that numerous people at one of my events has been infected. Yeah. And he thought, and like, that's what I respect about him is he's always thinking about like the liability and he's always doing like the critical thinking through. Yeah. And that's what a lot of comedians don't do. We're not business minded like that. We're all just like, nigga, I got to get on that mic. <laughs> well, you know, we're narcissistic. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, no this is the time to build up anything that you haven't been able to do because you were all at home. TV shows and all that stuff, any idea you have, this is the time to do that shit. We still yeah. got two more months at least. Nigga, we're going to be in the house of 2022, dog. Dog. I want niggas to just understand this. it's a thing. Until everybody starts wearing their mask for at least six weeks, we're gonna keep doing this. I'm well, let me tell you directly to the camera so people can see. Yeah, I like how you lean. We're in. never gonna stop this <laughs> until you get well, these idiots in the South, all these red states that don't want to wear masks. We are gonna be at home. So, as an introvert, I want to thank you. 
Well, let me. You hit the nail on the head, my nigga. You said we're narcissistic. Yep. And that's what's so problematic about our nation and why we're suffering the most. It's because yeah. we're too narcissistic, too self-centered, too egotistical to to think about anyone else. Nope. And that's why it's impossible for the American public, for our culture, right, to to reco- to have the shit plateau. I love we it. Don't give a fuck about nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody. I'm uncomfortable. This mask is dog. Nobody wants to wear the mask. <laughs> nobody. We understand how important it is to not pass this shit to each other. I think that's the big thing about live shows. It's the before hanging out. You do the show, you got your mask on. You might take it off, tell the jokes, put it back on when you get off stage. But then you right back off stage around other people. Paddling around and shit, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Wouldn't be me, though. (laughs) I'll find out tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Dog, where can they where can they find you? Hey, as always, find me at, at Russ underscore jokes on everything. Cool, cool. Thanks for having um, me on, bro. I always enjoy chopping it up with you, man. I always enjoy it, man. I try not to have you on um too much because I feel like that's I don't know. I I, I don't wanna You feel like people don't deserve people great conversations though. <laughs> I don't know. You know what, man? I mean if you down, we could do it <laughs> a lot more because nigga, you know I'm down, dog. Every day, like you know, I'm something down. new happens, some new idea comes out, some new shit, another Karen, nigga. It's so many Karen IG uh, um, videos. No, like videos, like, yeah, but the, the capture of the Karens, like doing their worst. So many IG accounts devoted to Karens. <laughs> so many and they have different they have different videos men women just everybody and they're not just doing the shit to black people they're doing it to everybody they're doing it to other white people they're doing it to uh mexican people everybody because white people love police and some shit they love the police <laughs> 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 them niggas will fucking Citizens arrest the motherfucker, dog. They, they dog, love it. I think every black dude wants to be the white man. I think every white person wants to be the police. Everyone. Every white person wants to be <laughs> able to shut it down. Kick everybody out. Yep. <laughs> Align everybody. And if you don't do what we say, they want to be able to shoot your ass. <laughs> Hey, nigga, write that shit down, dog. That's perfect. No, that's the name of the podcast. Every white person wants to be the police. (laughs) (laughs) Dog, I appreciate you, man. Love you, brother. (laughs) Love you too, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Yeah. All right, man. That was Russ Green. Um, We always have fun. Always have a good conversation. And I always learn something from that brother because he reads. Um, check me out. Tim Miller. What am, what am I now on IG? The Tim D. Miller on IG. Um, also, my YouTube channel. I am going to start a video series called um, Being in the Army, My Story.
It's called Being in the Army, My Story. And it's going to go down every single part of my Army experience, going through basic training, getting into the Army, um, my AIT in Pensacola, Florida, my time at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and my time working at the White House. So go check that out. And also my comedy videos on my YouTube channel. Uh, my Patreon has launched. You can see a lot of material that I'm not releasing yet. Early access stuff, podcasts. There's also a documentary I'm producing about one night when I went around D.C. and I did as many sets as I could, like close to six. Um, that's also on there, on my IG. I'll put the, I'll put the not IG, I'll put the Patreon in the description of this of this uh podcast thank you guys for listening i love you mark talk to y'all later